This is Ibrox. Hello and welcome to your brand new weekly edition of This is Ibrox, it's your Rangers podcast. My name is Scott Patterson and as always you are very, very welcome. On this week's pod we're going to chat about the Dunfermline Premier Sports League Cup victory from last Friday. We'll talk about the upcoming um, Livingston game that we, we have to look forward to, another home tie. Um, in the League Cup, which is great to have. Um, and we're going to talk about some other bits and pieces as far as quality and options that we have in both fullback positions uh, and also a little bit more about what is coming up over the next three or four weeks before we go on. And I introduce you to to our newcomer, our debutant for the night. Um, this Ibrox Rangers podcast is brought to you by Triple H Mortgages, the one-stop shop for all your mortgage and mortgage insurance needs. You can contact them as early as you can on 01453887179 or via email hello at hhhmortgages.com they're available throughout the social media world of course as well the company website is triplehmortgages.com and they're available at the same address on Facebook if you do speak to them be sure to mention this Ibrox and Craig and the guys in there will look after you very well indeed Um, spoke to them first class service can't recommend them highly enough so on the pod this week David Cornish joins us Hugh Niblo joins us we'll go with Shug Um, and it's a debut welcome to the podcast it's Craig Dennett hi Craig Thanks very much, Scott. Looking forward to it. Good man. That was the right answer. Good start. <laughs> so we should say, um, before we get into the realms of, of last Friday night and, and a, a, a cup victory at Ibrox for, for Stephen Gerrard, a victory that was very well required, I think we have to say, um, I'm keen to, to let you all know about Cammy Fulton's good friend Jordan Young from River City and um, Scott Squad as well is, is doing a Beats and Ball Busters uh, jump out of a plane. Bonkers absolutely mental however he is doing it for the very best um, possible charity for our friends at Beatson's Cancer Charity he is looking to raise £5,000 and he is almost there I would love the good listening folk of This Is Ibrox and all the people that look after us from our subscriptions to to really jump onto his Just Giving site. The address for that is www.justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash Jordan dash young. Jump on if you can volunteer, you can um, donate rather um, any money you can to assist Jordan to get to that 5,000 mark. It would be very much appreciated. If you've missed that address, then we'll give that again at the end uh, and you can get the chance to, to jump onto that site and, and donate something. Every pound will count and I'm, I'm, I'm sure Jordan would be extremely grateful. David, last Friday we welcomed um, Peter Grant, Peter the Pointers team to, to Ibrox last Friday night and um, it was a convincing victory in the end. I think a lot of people expected that, but I, I mentioned earlier how important it was for us to get the win. Um, we did need it, didn't we? We did, yeah. Um, I think you're on something there. It's almost kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Lower yeah. league opposition should be comfortably sweeping them aside. But yeah, I mean, I don't think you can overstate the kind of morale boost that would have been at that point. Okay, it might only have been done firmly, but it was sort of 5-0 victory in the end of the day. And do you know what? We played some good stuff at times as well. So it was quite nice to watch. Sure, good scattering of goals throughout the team. Lundstrom and Scott Wright, of course, scoring a really good goal with that excellent Hadji assist. Hadji himself scored the third. And Kima Roof gets a double after what is a really 
dodgy five weeks, pers- five days, rather personally for him. Um, I think David's right. We played a lot of nice stuff and, and we played around Dunfermline for, for large chunks of the game, as you'd probably expect at Ibrox. Yeah, yeah, no, we were good at first half, especially. I think Dunfermline tried to play the first half and couldn't get out and we managed to capitalise completely. And I think the second half, it was only because Dunfermline decided to set in that we didn't score another four or five. Yeah. And they obviously came out second half with no intention of even trying to cross the halfway line. But it was good. The players coming in have really gave the gaffer something to think about and it's going to make his team selection for Boston night all the more difficult. Absolutely. Craig, I'm keen to speak to you about Yanis um, Hadji. So last season, great numbers last season as far as, as particularly assists. Could probably have done with adding more goals to his game, but assists were right up there. I think he was our, our best assister um, last season. Got one for, for the Scott Wright goal. Um, almost knocked his hair out of place when he scored that header as well. Um, but it was good to see him play that role that I think we all expect him to play, which is that sort of just off the strikers, just causing havoc in there, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've always been a big admirer of Yaris Hadji. I know not all Rangers fans can can really say that he kind of splits the pigeon a wee bit because yes he puts up numbers but when you're actually watching the game sometimes it doesn't look like he's doing very much yeah. um, but I've always, you've always got to see the value that he does bring to the team and I think when he's playing that that bit further forward um, he definitely brings more to the, the front three I think the front three moved, moved about really well they kind of interlinked interchanged really well as well and I think that's something that we've potentially been missing for the past few weeks um, I think the way the way that Ruth Wright and, and Hadji interlinked was was really good, and it it brought back a bit of what last season was like, which I think we've we've been missing. Yeah, uh, David Lundstrom, I think, has came in for a bit of stick since he arrived, and I think when you, when you bring in a guy of of the undoubted quality that he does have, and we've we've read people and we've heard people say that if we were getting him at any other time out with them being out of contract, you're looking at eight, ten million plus to, to bring this guy up the road. Uh, he's maybe taken a couple of games to, to bed in, perhaps even by his own admission. But I thought he looked like he was just slowly but surely just working through the gears on, on Friday night. I was very impressed with him and scored a very good goal. Yeah. Um, so I said it on the last pod as well. I think who plays with him is really important as well. Because, yeah. um, you know, he plays a certain way. He came from Sheffield United. Now, with the greatest respect they aren't spending probably three quarters of a game in the opposition's final third. So it's important that he's got that kind of freedom to go and do what he does. And I think this was the first time since possibly the Real Madrid game that we actually saw him do that. Now, you can't read too much into that because it was a friendly. All right, this was, again, lower league opposition, but he looked like he fit for the first competitive time for me. And we hadn't seen that previously. So yeah, I was impressed. I thought he did well. Sugar I thought it, it was it was good to see um Lundstrom kinda of get into the get be one of the midfielders to almost progress beyond the three and beyond our two rather and, and get in the box and, and score. We're looking for someone to do that. If 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 Gerard continues to maybe play with a three across the park, it's important that one of them kind of breaks between the lines and looks to move in to, to assist whoever's up there. And um Lundstrom really cracked one home for, for that first one to get us just into that routine of, of scoring at Ibrox, I think, in the first instance, but back into that winning game feeling. 
Yeah, I think it's definitely something that we've been looking for. Because I think Scotty Arfield filled that role yeah. really well for a few years. And he was, he was the only midfielder that broke. Because we always said Jack or Kamara or Stephen Davis would sit and they'd poke passes around all day. But we always missed that somebody that would yeah. get bored. And I think that's maybe where Lundstrom is. Obviously, he's not busting forward Sheffield United all the time, but he'll realise now that he's got a bit more freedom, but with it becomes the defensive side as well, so he's still got to keep that head on. He, from the week before when he let the full-back go at Dundee United. He, but getting forward, is, that's really what we've been looking for. We've all wanted that midfielder that's going to box to box and strike a long shot here and there and don't know many times over the last couple of years we've been watching just thinking shit, shit, shit. <laughs> and no one still does it. And still no one does it. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully Lundstrom will be that man that will come in now and he'll hopefully take confidence out of Friday night's display and build on that because I imagine he might be back in again this week. Listen, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and just when you mentioned shoot, 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 it's a, it's a huge frustration I have in mind. I can't believe that our manager who could who could drive the ball for miles on target, in and around the goal, um, the amount of times that we don't shoot, it's, it's a huge frustration of mine. And sometimes you just wish that they would just have a bash. And if, if one of the midfielders who's, who's breaking from that three is going to be... Um, the guy that's going to have that crash at goal, then um, I'm all for it. And if it's Lundstrom, then great. Craig, I want to speak to you about the next round. You've always got a home tie. Uh, Livingston, great. I, I said to you guys off air um, before we started, uh, David Martindale quietly pleased with another home tie for his team. Um, I I think that it's it's good for us to have Livingston again at home. I, I, you don't want to sort of... Sort of um, bad luck us at all, but it, it does look like it's a good opportunity for us to progress into the, the final stages of, of of the League Cup again. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Livingston at home have been one of the teams we've been more comfortable against, especially yeah. over the last couple of years. Um, having another home tie isn't good for my bank balance, obviously, um, especially <laughs> with, with potential Europa League group stages and stuff absolutely. like that coming up. Yeah. So yeah. September will be a tough one, but... Um, I think having Livingston at home, we've seen how we've played against them in the first game of the season. Albeit, I don't think they were at, at full strength or fully up to speed. Um, but I think um, as as the season went on last year and then again this year, I think you would you'd put your money on it being fairly comfortable. That might come back and bite me very quickly. He said it. Was, he said it. I can't yeah. believe it. He said it. And Craig, I'll tell you, what, I'm going to stick with you because I think we have a. I've said before, and I said it on the first pod, and incidentally, I should say thanks to, to Graham Falk for, for filling in for me when I wasn't around next week. He still has some work to do to reflect the quality that we're doing currently. Um, we have real quality, Craig, in both fullback positions now with our first choice, certainly our first choice right back because of the captain, James Tavernier. Left back, I think, on the recent performances from Calvin Bassey, I wonder if that jersey is a little more up for grabs in the sense that he's playing so well. Barisic is, I would say, certainly not match fit, maybe a wee bit out of form. Is the left-back jersey Calvin Bassey's for you now? Um, Come to you with a tough question, eh? (laughs) Um, 
I'd say after after Friday night's performance, you would have more confidence in him going into a game um, such as Alaskair on on Thursday. Yeah, I think last season I was unconvinced by Calvin Bassey. He was a bit stop start. Um, I will uh, always remember even even the Falkirk game in the cup yeah. um, that we won pretty comfortably. He was still he was getting caught out at, at that level, and it was a bit of a concern. Um, and I, I think up until Friday, his um, his final ball has been a bit questionable as well. Um, it's been a bit erratic. Um, I know that's what you get with with younger guys and when they need to, to find their way. But when you've been so used to the way Bob uh, Bonabarisic whips a ball in, and yeah. you're so used to the way that Tavernier um, did it last year, it, it's quite noticeable. Um, I think after Friday, I'd be more willing to give him give him a chance. Barisic hasn't hasn't been firing on all cylinders. He's also had a bit of stop start. He was at the Euros, but didn't really play. Um, he, he came back a bit later than the, most of the guys, so I don't, I don't think he's quite found his form as yet. Um, so I think definitely for the left back position, um, I'd, I would be comfortable with Bassey if he was to start on Thursday. Hugh, same question to you: Do, do does Borna Barisic almost sort of look in on Calvin Bassey as as Rangers left back at the moment? I'm not entirely convinced yet. I think if we were playing Celtic this week, then Barisic starts every day of the week. Yeah. But it depends because Alaskar, again, I'm not counting any chickens, but you would hope that would be an opportunity that the Garver might take to give Barca another run out. And it just takes a couple of good performances on the balance and suddenly that slot becomes his. But yeah. I think Borna still first choice left back and he would play any big games that we might have and hopefully because looking at it where he is instead of pre-season he's probably two or three weeks behind everybody else so hopefully he'll get back into form and find that delivery that he had last season David I'm going to hit you with an Ethan Patterson question in a second which I'm sure you'll be delighted about um, <sighs> but what, what I am keen I, I am keen to know I mean the guys have, have perfectly explained just the, the the sort of pros and cons for, for Bassey being in there or not at left back. We've went in the last couple of years, I would say, maybe before Bassey arrived, certainly not really having great quality at left back. I, I think it, it's really refreshing for us now to know that if one does drop out, and there will be times when that happens, um, we, we do have that ability to, to fire a a player of equal quality in and expect a, a similar sort of performance from him. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, it can only drive improvement. So, you know, if you've got no competition, it's very easy to get complacent. Um, I know, and again, you said we'd come to the right back, but that's a maybe an accusation that's been levelled at Tav at times, is yeah. that he's got a bit complacent. The fact that you've got quality nipping at your heels can only make you play better. And, you know, if it doesn't, as you say, you've got someone else there that can step in. Um, no, I thought Bassey did well, for, And uh, to be honest, I think first day he should start. So I, I think I, I like what you said there because I think it's absolutely right. I think if you have quality egging you on almost, yeah. um, it should really only enhance your, your performance. And I, I instantly think about... Um, James Tavernier from from the performance that Nathan Patterson put in on on Friday, Tav must be thinking. Listen, I've got this young whippersnapper behind me who is desperate 
to take my jersey here and he's good enough to take his jersey. I think, and I have thought for a wee while now, that there's an argument that Patterson's actually a better defender than Tav. However, yeah. modern-day fullbacks don't have to be great defenders, but if they're playing in the manner that we're playing, you want them to be really, really good going forward. Um, and I think that with Tav and Patterson, there's going to be a lot of um, decision-making to be done this year. I, I I almost wonder if, because Tav is a captain, does it make him undroppable? Um, does Stephen Gerrard speak, and he spoke pre-season, about finding a way to shoehorn them in at the same time? Nathan Patterson, I don't think, will like to click his heels on the bench all season. No. Um, I'd... I mean, let's face it, it's not going to do him any good sick looking his heels on the bench. You know, yeah. it's just going to stunt his development if he does. Um, it's a really difficult question to answer. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I I hope that Tav wouldn't just feel secure in the fact that it's his role because he's the captain. Because, you know, regardless of whether he's the captain or any other player, if he's not playing well and someone's playing better, they should be in the team before them. Agreed. Um, I know there was talk about changing formations and shoehorning them in. One of the things I said in the group chat the other day, for surely the Dunfermline-type games, that's the games where you're going to try these things. Yeah. So if you're not going to try it in that sort of game, when are you going to try it? Because yeah. you don't just want to, you know, you don't want to walk into an old firm and put, have right midfield. It's, you know, just asking for trouble. So... Whilst I'd like to see it, I'm not sure that we're going to see that much of it this season. Um, as far as replacing him goes, ability-wise, I agree. Patterson is probably a slightly better defender on the evidence. And all I can really say is I hope that it's not the case that Tav is guaranteed a start, because nobody should be. They've got to keep the standards up, and if they can't, so be it. You know, We've had a lot of good players that we've held on to for years, and we've moved past them. There's a time I really liked Jason Holt, but you know he's not at the level now that we need, despite the fact he gave heart all the time. Yeah. So, you know, it's got to be on ability and it's got to be on form. Yep, agreed, one hundred percent. So, so we now know we're into the the next round with 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 Livingston at home, um, and I think it's fair to say that over the last couple of seasons, the the domestic competition, the cups, hasn't been. Um, too kind at all to, to Stephen Gerrard we, we only need to look at, at last season the the disappointment with the centenary top which I think we've all got um, the Zungu match uh, that trip to Paisley did not end well and of course we've got the, the Xander Clark game at Ibrox where no one was marking him I don't think anyone would still be marking him to be perfectly honest with you two games that I think will go down um, we'll remember from we'll remember last season for for many many reasons, but I think we'll also look back on those two games at last season as real moments where we could we could have left the season with a treble last year, and it would have been a wonderful season to get a treble. So, Shug, we'll come to you first. How important do you think it is this year for Steven Gerrard to win, as well as the league? Fifty six important. Um, how important is it for him to to stick one of those? domestic cups into his, his hip pocket this season? I think it's being a Rangers fan, it's always important. Every cup, every competition we're in, it's always, it's always important. We always want to win everything domestically, certainly. I think the only must is the league title itself. 
yeah. somebody tells me right now you'll win the league but won't win a cup I'll be like well I'll settle for that I'm quite happy but I think for Gerard himself he'll want to win a cup and prove that he can go the whole way in a cup and the players as well have I mean the closest we got was the league cup final and I think they want to erase that memory from their minds so it's a great opportunity we've always got a chance every year we enter, we've got a chance and I'd like to see us win a cup it's a long time since we went up them steps of Hamden far too long but we were all sitting here last year and it'd been a long time since we lived in the league title so hopefully this time next year we'll feel the same about the cups they'll be back in Ibrox back in the trophy room Craig, I, I wonder if I gave you the option right now and again, this is something we never discussed off air, but it's your debut, so it's your turn to get the get the treatment. Um, if you had the option to maybe win the League Cup, I'm not entirely sure when the final's going to be this year, but I imagine it'll be maybe February time next year, maybe early, early 22. Um, if you have the option to win the League Cup or qualify out of the Europa League group stages, what would you go for? Oops. This is proper hard questions time, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's, that's actually quite unfair. I mean, I should have went to David with that first, but listen, um, you started, so I'll let you finish. <laughs> so, I think from a fan's perspective, you would go win the League Cup. Um, it's been, like Shug says, it's been that long since since we have uh, won, a, won a cup. Um, yeah. and, and that way, then you would have to say win the League Cup. Um, in terms of Europa League, I'm... Going on the last couple of years, you're convinced we're going step by step by step further to what further through that competition, and you feel like we're progressing year yeah. on year. So there's always that little bit of you that wants to go, how far can we actually get? I felt we were a bit. I felt Slavia Prague were the better team. There's no, there's no question about that. I don't. They think. will. They will. But you felt that if if we'd had a slightly different draw, you go that bit further. You build that bit more confidence. You, you, you're never quite sure how far you can go. And I think the way we set up in Europe, it's perfect for reaching that 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 stage of the competition because we've got the speed, we've got the pace to hit teams on the counter-attack. We're quite comfortable giving other people the ball and, and taking taking our chances when they come. So there's always that little bit in the back of your mind um, that how far could we really go yeah. in that. Um, but I think uh, I have to agree with Shug um, in terms of uh, winning the League Cup. But I'd take the league trophy over all of that, especially especially this year. David, I, I see you're you're nodding your head. I would I would suggest that the importance of of seeing a captain with his hand round a, 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 a another trophy um some point in early twenty two would be a lot more important from a fan's perspective. Craig's absolutely right. Um as opposed to the financial riches perhaps of of progressing through those group stages in the Europa League. Yeah, hundred um, percent. You know, as fans and with the heart, yeah, of course we want to see them winning trophies. But you know, thinking as a club, and also I thought it was a great point about the progression of us each year. Yeah, I think we need to see something else. So, I suppose your original question, you know, is a cup important? Yeah, it probably is on the progression point. Um, however. I do side with Shug as well. You know, if someone said to me you can only win one thing this season, it would be the league, hands down. It has yeah. to be for the club. Um, for you know more reason than just us as fans. Obviously, there's the financial implications that come with 
winning the league this year. Um, it's super important. It has to be number one. But I'll be greedy and sad. I'd quite like a cup as well. Yeah, I think from from a personal perspective, I think last season the the, the two cups were really really disappointing. None, probably none more so for me than the the St Johnston game at Ibrox. That was a real. That was so deflating. Say um, trauma when you mentioned Sander Clark in the yeah. Box. I mean to 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 sort of lose that game in in the manner that we did, and, and yeah. it's easy to say because we know what happened after then. We got fifty five, which was absolutely fantastic, historical. It gave us a fantastic couple of weeks. We're still sort of loading it up, and we'll continue. However. I think there's a there's awareness now we're into a new season in 55 is in the past and we, we have to park it there. The the records will show that we won the league this season. Um, it will still show Stephen Gerrard as not winning a domestic cup trophy yet. And I, I think it's important that we look to to deal with Livingston and and, and really progress further as and we need to look at um at Hamden as a as a real sort of carrot for us to get there and and lift a trophy great um interesting point as well about you know last season's done and dusted it's the old you're never more than two games away from a crisis coming into yeah. play isn't it you know absolutely um you know we've lost a couple of games it's amazing how quickly that goodwill can evaporate yeah. um you know as fans we always back the club but you know, let's face it, none of us likes getting it tight on social media. <laughs> um, you know, you'd much rather be lording it up, as you say. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, it's, I do think it's important. It's not the most important, but it's definitely still important um, for the progression, for bragging rights, I guess, and yeah. for the fans, you know. So listen, Hugh. I'm going to come to you next because this is this is a, a question that I know as an as an elite sport person, you'll be able to give us a, an expert opinion on. Um, the club are looking at a really important couple of weeks. Um, Double header against Alice Kert, trip up to Dingwall, Celtic at Ibrox, um, the last weekend of the season. Big games. How do you think the coaching staff will look to manage these guys? particularly in the sense that I, there's maybe three or four of them, maybe half a dozen actually, that will play every one of those games. How do you think the coaching staff will look to to manage their own expectations and make sure that the guys that are playing are hungry and hungry and hungry every single game that they play? Yeah, I think it's one of the great things about having that settled squad and settled group is that all the coaches and all that, they'll know what players' levels are, and they'll know how much load they can take. And it's it's easy from from a player perspective. It's easy because you're just playing football. You're just playing football, resting, getting ready, playing football. So it's an easy thing from a player perspective. But it might be that when we're talking about Patterson and Tavernier, they might say that we'll we'll feel Patterson up at Dingwall, but we'll play Tavernier games and things like that. So I imagine. The golfers probably got his 11s already set out for all four games and they'll just manage them and keep an eye on them and they're all professionals, they're all, they know what to eat to recover and recovery time. I think the only concern looking at it is maybe the eight and a half hour trip back yeah. from Malice Cup. Absolutely. A couple of days before an old firm. But I think say because we know this group, 
they've all dead they've lost this Sunday. So they're all apart from Lundstrom and Sakala, but going into the old form, don't know if either will be definitely starting kind of thing or not at this moment relied upon them being ready to do that. So I think they'll all be well prepared and they'll all be well managed and I'm sure Tom Colesaw will have them ready to go and everybody will be heading each game and like I say, from players, they'll just love it. They'll just love not doing proper training. Just easy training sessions, feet up and then playing games, that's best time for them. I think that's what they live for, isn't it? It's the it's that sort of for all we, we refer to it as oh my goodness, they're playing Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, but it's a it's a buzz for them. It's their it's their job to all intents and purposes. Craig, I, I know you've done a lot of golf journalism in the past and, and you've you've spoken to to golfers and how they, they manage their, their own expectations, maybe their not necessarily their diet, but just general management of themselves moving forward in, in tournament sort of conditions. Give us a little insight into that. So yeah, so I guess when golf's an individual sport, so golf's quite different to yeah. to how football works. Um but from speaking to them, it's very much about them understanding their levels, them understanding their sleep patterns, them understanding what food they need to be able to to maintain their their high their performance at the highest levels, and I think that's I suppose at Rangers they have more of a team to be able to do that for them, um, and I guess you know, you've we've seen with Gerard managing or what appears to be managing the squad through the early games of the season, whether we agree or disagree with his team selections over the past few weeks, I think that's what he's been doing. He's been trying to manage manage that and give people enough as much game time as they can and um, potentially with periods like, like this in mind. Um, so it, it will be interesting to see um, how, how well we cope with that. I think it was two years ago, three years ago when we played Ufa and then came back um, to, to play an old firm game. We've, we've been there before and it wasn't necessarily the easiest thing in the world. Yeah. Um, so it, it's always going to be a concern with uh, that sort of seven or eight hours on a plane there, play a game seven or eight hours back and then 40 hours later, just over 40 hours later, you're into the heat of an old firm game. So it's, it is a concern, I think, um, from my perspective. Um, you just hope potentially that you go out, you get a big win this Thursday. It gives you a wee bit of a, a bit of leeway that yeah. you can then rest a couple of players or whatever um, for, for that away trip. David, the, the guys are, are quite rightly talking about sort of how these guys are going to manage maybe their time over the next sort of two weeks because they do have um, such regularity in games and I'm very aware that sorry, on the pod I'm quite regularly saying almost that we've got squad packed full of quality and we've got quality here and we can double up here and this that and the next thing however I think it's 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 often it's often missed about the quality of the guys that we have on the touchline looking after the superstars that we're shouting after every other Saturday Ibrox and I think these times will be when these guys really come into their own and, and the boys will be managed absolutely spot on. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. Um, you know, we've we've pulled in quite the team. Gerard was insistent bringing them up with him when he came. Yeah. Um, I mean, Michael Beale, okay, not so much the recovery side, but certainly the coaching side is widely acknowledged as, you know, a leading expert. Um, I remember seeing articles about the, uh, what do they call it? It's like cryo kind of things that they yeah, go yeah. in and freeze their muscles. You know, just everything about it sounds so much more professional now 
than what it did pre-Gerard coming in. Yeah. So and yeah, sore. I think and sore. Yeah, I mean, don't fancy it one bit. <laughs> no, I'm glad you asked these guys. My idea, <laughs> sport is lifting a pint, you know. Uh, no, I I'm pretty comfortable with the team that we've got there now, and it's the same across a lot of areas. You know, scouting again, you see the improvement since Ross Wilson's come in. I think we've got a professional setup now, and that gives these stars, as you say, the foundation to go and do their thing. Agreed. So I'm listen, guys. Sorry, you go. Say that when we go to our world championships, it's all mapped out. We know what game times, and the nutritionist Irene comes in and sits with a group and sits with our head coach Sheila, and they map out right. Okay, you're having a small snack at this time, and then you have a meal, and then you have a medium snack here, and small snacks are like they are like two grapes or something like that something ridiculous <laughs> what <laughs> so are you the main mate joke, joke, joking aside chug is it is it genuinely down to to that degree it's down to that nth degree to make sure you're do you know what i mean not stacking on the pounds which i'm sure you're not you know yeah we've got we obviously know what fluid intake for the day and then on ice i eat a banana and i have my bottle of water to drink or some juice and but everything's managed off with a small medium and large snacks and it's 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 brutal and that's the same for us all whether you're 100 kilos or 50 kilos this small snack is a small snack for the woman it sounds a heck of a long way away from the team that drinks together wins together eh? (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so i can only imagine at rangers and the amount of money in there that they pretty much will have all our snacks made up for them and they will be told yeah. when to eat and it'll be Science, managed. Science, isn't it? It's all, that's Science it. behind it. Science and they'll know all the players' data. So like you were saying, they'll know that their levels and things, that they'll know what space, what works best for what players to get them back ready. So it is managed to that and degree and they'll probably get woken up on the flight and told right it's time for you to have a drink and so, things so. so how does Jamie Vardy get away with a couple of Red Bull then? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I mean that's best nutritionist yeah. last man okay. nutritionist see if I can get away with it Right. Listen, we should say that um, Graham Falk is back on Wednesday, I think it is. Not entirely sure. I've scheduled it, so I should probably know. Um, and he's joined by Dylan Brand and James McMillan. Makes his debut on, on the preview podcast a little later on this week. The guys will review the Alaska game and they'll also look ahead to Ross County on Sunday up the road in Dingwall, lovely part of the world. David, which I was there last week, because we spoke about it earlier on. Um, so, as I say, we we spoke earlier on, and I, I did promote the the Jordan Young um, airplane dive type thing. Um, I don't. I, I, that sounds loose. I don't mean it like that. He's looking to to target and raise five thousand pounds for the Beats and Cancer charity. His Just Giving page is all the W's justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash Jordan dash Young. He's looking to raise five thousand pounds um, for the Beats and all the good work that they do. The, the sad reality is that I think we all know someone at some point who has had. Um, some sort of cancer and has had to deal with maybe the people at the Beatson or, or McMillan. So I would urge you to jump onto Jordan's um, page and donate anything if you possibly can. Even a pound will be very well received. He's doing a skydive on the 4th of September. Good friend of Cameron Fulton, who's um, now, of course, joined us on the, the Cybrox podcast. So I would encourage you, if you can, 
jump on and and um, donate some cash. It'll be very well received. I should say this week's pod is available wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening to us on YouTube, jump on and subscribe, like us, leave some comments if they're nice. We'd, we'd prefer those ones, to be perfectly honest. But um, jump on and, and subscribe. We've got a lot of good things happening this year, so uh, which we should be able to to share with you over the the coming weeks and months. David, thanks for joining us again. I hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you. I have. Thank you very much for having me. Shug, always good to have an elite sportsman on the pod. I mean, we don't have many of them. Some think they are, but you, you're the real deal, my friend. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Confirmed. <laughs> I'll, I'm an elite sportsperson, but people tell me I'm, so I'll go with it. Oh, you definitely are, my friend. And Craig, a very impressive debut. Well done, my friend. Thank you very much. Very much enjoyed it and look forward to, to a few more in the future. Good. Thanks very much, guys. As I say so. You'll have Graham and James and Dylan for the preview pod on later in the week. Uh, good luck to Rangers against Alaskert on Thursday and, of course, on Sunday when we travel to Dingwall. So we'll do it all again next week. We're joined by Sky Sports' Andrew Dixon, um, who is doing a lot of freelance work for the club just now. He will join us in the pod to look ahead to a very important game at the end of August. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye. Hey!